everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. Tom. And JD is under the weather this week. I call it bullshit, but that's a whole other story. Seriously, like, <laughs> I, I know six people that have had COVID in, over the last couple of weeks. It's ridiculous. But with us this week, going to be an excellent fill-in for JD. <laughs> Plus, we're going to talk about uh, her Kickstarter and everything in between. Returning is the wonderful Carissa Grant. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Ah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, because for those who may not know, if you haven't been following us long on the uh, on the channel, on Fridays I was releasing an interview every week for about six months, and then Comic Con hit. We put out the rest of those interviews, and I haven't gotten back to it yet, but I am going to. It's still January, folks. Come on, give me a little time. <laughs> it takes a little extra work, so. On that note, how's everyone doing? How are you doing, Carissa? I'm doing great. Um, I had a rough couple weeks. I was snowed in for 12 days in the south. What's snowed in for you? Okay, so when I was in Connecticut or New York, snowed in was four feet. Being in Tennessee, snowed in was apparently 10 inches. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, about right. Yeah. yeah, I've lived here for almost 10 years, and I always heard about the blizzard of six, the blizzard of 1993, which was six inches, and I was like, that's a flurry in Connecticut. You don't know what you're talking about. And we have had no snow since, none, like maybe total an inch. And then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, by the way, we're getting snow tomorrow. And it snowed for 24 hours straight. We got 10 mm-hmm. inches, but they don't have plows. <laughs> they're like, they have one plow for, I don't know. And I would have enjoyed it so much better if I wasn't self-employed out of the house. But yeah, we got, could not leave. My husband had walked down our frozen mountain to get to Dollar General, because again, south, and they were closed. (laughs) My poor husband had to come back up. And then the next, three days later, or the next day or something, he tried again. And he went because he was out of coffee, but he had to get like milk and stuff. And he came all the way back up and he forgot his coffee. So uh, um, I'm from Connecticut originally. Oh, so, yeah. It, but I, I'm oh, old enough to remember the... What's that? Uh, oh, you don't remember the blizzard of four feet? I remember the blizzard of 77 because I'm old. And there was... I was born it was, in 78, so that, I would not have remembered 77. It was three... In, <laughs> you were born in 78. Yeah, that's a, that, that, that's about right because nobody could go anywhere for a couple of months in 77. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, no, the the whole state was shut down for three days because it was like three and a half to five feet of snow. Like you couldn't, you they literally, it took them a week just to get plows through most of the roads, just to get plows to parts of the roads. Yeah. So I was in, I was born in New York, but when I was in Connecticut, I don't know the year, but it was the year before Hurricane Sandy because they were one year apart to the day on Halloween we got four feet of snow and we've never gotten that in Connecticut before. Mm. And I was pet sitting at the time and I could not leave and there was no electricity. I didn't live there. So I had no, no food. It was awful. And they couldn't get plows to us because the plows didn't understand. They couldn't handle that much snow. I was, it was like, you'd see signs saying no power for a week. We have kids. Can you get us out? It was awful. (laughs) And then literally one year to the day, we had Hurricane Sandy when this thing happened all over again. What part of Connecticut were you from? Uh, uh, Southbury. Yeah, it, I would pass Southbury every day to go to work. Yep, exit. It was at uh, Route 84. Yeah. No. Of course. 
And uh, I had my... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's about as off-color as I get. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my, I think my comic book store was in... No, my comic book store was in Newtown. But, yeah, oh. so I... Yeah, Cave, Batcave. Yeah. I think I had to change it, though. It was originally the Batcave, and then he was going to get sued, so I changed it to something else. So I think it was just Cave Comics or something. Anyway, I would drive from like Watertown, Waterbury area to Danbury. I worked in Danbury for 14 yep. years. I drove 45 minutes one way and 45 minutes the other way. And if it ever rains, you might as well take the back road because people don't understand driving in Connecticut in the rain. And they could drive in snow just fine. <laughs> so yeah, right. And if it was Friday and raining, you might as well just hike home. It was like. No way. And, and and Dave's heard me tell this story before, but for a couple of months, the for most of 1994, I lived in Texas. And there was one day where it snowed an eighth of an inch. <laughs> and there were accidents on Route 10 everywhere. They closed down the schools. And here I am from Connecticut in my, four, in my Subaru DL wagon with four-wheel drive going, what's everybody panicking about? <laughs> Wait, is there like a meteor coming? I don't understand. I didn't know it was the snow that was the problem because yeah. it wasn't even a dusting for me. <laughs> here, here we had half an inch once and my husband and I are just driving nothing and we're like, why are there so many cars on the side of the road abandoned? <laughs> yep. Maybe we not get it. But yeah, it was awful. And then, so we were snowed in and then on, we snowed in on a Monday Thursday, I paid some neighbor to bring his bulldozer. I paid him 160 bucks to come because they would not plow. And I told him to come at 6 a.m. Like I, that's when I told him to come when he could. Mm-hmm. Right before he came, they plowed, and uh. then which did nothing, by the way. I did nothing. But there was I couldn't. I had to pay him because he just he came in a bulldozer with no cab, so he was just like out there in oh the weather. So we paid him and and he did. He went up and down. I just like, can you just just go home? You're not doing anything. But then that night it froze freezing rain. So everything froze over. Oh yeah. And then people had four wheels here and they packed down the snow. It was so yeah, we were (laughs) and then two days after that, let's see. So from Monday to Monday, we couldn't leave at all. Tuesday it was okay, but I couldn't work. Wednesday I could work and 75% of them canceled. And Thursday was 60 degrees, and I was in a T-shirt. That's the South Korea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How about you, John? What Anything exciting this week? Not really. I metaphorically picked up my pencil again and started writing. Oh. Figured I'd give it another hit. I managed to do another page and a half and start to get back into where I was in the story like when I penned it a year ago. So we'll see how that goes. But the other thing is I finally watched... Was, I, I've, I'm up to... Episode 1085 of One Piece. And I'm sad because now, like every other Rube, I have to wait for the next episodes to drop <laughs> instead of being able to just say, oh, I'll just watch five episodes today and, and watch an entire story instead of waiting for a month for the next episode to come out and then having it being filler and having to wait another month for the next episode. <laughs> now I got to wait like everybody else. What but, about Muratu, the uh, uh, Muratu, the the ninja one? You could just doesn't that have a thousand too? I don't know. Uh, I was gonna next make my way through Rurouni Kenshin. I got halfway through the original, but they're remaking it. I thought I'd take a look through it. I have the original. I don't know anything about the new ones. Hassan says hit him up if you want to feedback 
writing group critique from him. I much appreciate it, Kassan. I will, I will do I think hey. this time I'm going to try to finish the manuscript first. I've got 220, well, 225 pages now, so we'll see if I can finish this and then, you Kassan know. Kassan joined the Discord, so you can send it to him through there, too. Yay! I gotta go onto the Discord now. Hooray! <laughs> I have 13 novels written, which equals 100 and something issues with this one story. <laughs> Oh, we are going to talk about that. (laughs) And I'm still writing. I wrote a chapter yesterday. Um, It's amazing. The only skill I have in this world. (laughs) And it's not even writing. Writing's not the skill. I suck at writing. Storytelling, I'm I'm really good at storytelling this story. I'm going to be very specific. I'm very good at telling this story. (laughs) Uh, That's how I am. How how are you doing, Dave? What are you doing? Um, Okay, remember I had said at the beginning of the year that I wanted to write some more music and put together a demo i i'm finished writing it i have to record it my first song of the year and it's actually for my girlfriend and it's going to be it's either going to be a valentine's or a birthday present depending on when i get it finished because her birthday how romantic (laughs) my husband wrote me a song that's very romantic i'm sorry john i know a little bitter uh, I, look, you're talking to the eternally single guy, so. I also had an interesting experience I, I, um, I'd like to share. Every Thursday, I go over to her house for dinner, and I take an Uber over, and I get picked up, and I get in, and it's a younger woman driving, and she was, she, it's not like, there wasn't an issue with her, but she had satellite radio on, but it was the preview channel, like, where it just plays commercials over and over again and keeps saying, oh, if you want to listen to this station, call and set up your, your what? radio today. Yeah, it was very weird. And then I looked on, on uh, her uh, panel, middle panel on her, it was a Prius, a, Ford, a Toyota Prius, where they have the screen where if you connect your phone, you can get all your apps and stuff on it. And it was just like the setup screen. And I, it left me wondering, did she just buy this car today? Hiding <laughs> for a lift? So, yeah, it was, it was very weird. And also led me to another question. Does anyone really listen to XM radio anymore? I never did. I never yeah. did. I never did too. Like it, it, and my car came with like Sirius and stuff, but it's like, uh, I, I don't know. Like we're these days, it, it, again, I'm old. I remember the days where you could listen to radio for free. You could watch TV for free with ads. But these days, like, if you think about how much of our budgets these days are tied up in, in all of these subscriptions. Services. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, it's amazing. I think part of the problem of, of why we're losing the middle class is because, okay, Netflix is now 25 bucks a month. Was it uh, Disney Plus, Max, yeah. Net, like, all of them. They're all, like, the, the, if, right now, if you get like, four or five of them, you are up to the 120 150 or, bucks you're paying for cable we were just talking about that with the printer yesterday my husband needed to use the printer and we have to clean mm-hmm. the heads every time because we barely use it and he's like once you get a new one i was like no there's subscription ink now <laughs> i'm not getting yeah. a new one this one's been here for like 20 something years it's gonna it, we'll, we'll hang on with to it wait don says my wife insists that we have it in the truck so due to that yes i love the lithium channel which is 90s grunge rock yeah, I believe that, Don. <laughs> See, I just li- I just listen to NPR. I don't have I I don't feel like having yet another subscription that I that I that I can only use like when I'm driving, and I only drive 25 minutes to work, and then 
on top of on top of that, like you know, just listening to normal music, you can't find a channel that isn't owned by Clear Channel Communications these so, days, and isn't playing the same fifty to hundred. It's funny because songs. The people I know that have it, that was their main argument. But everyone I know right. that I want to say is under the age of thirty-five, just hooks their phone to their car and just plays and that's Pandora what or whatever. Like they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was weird that I get Don's argument, but because his wife is making him do it. <laughs> that is a good We've argument. All been there. Yeah. That is a yeah. All right. You know what that means, John? It's time for your favorite. Your my the new segment, your favorite thing. Why do you lie so so much? I, I just I don't know. <laughs> oh, Pandora is owned by Sirius now. That's right. Because when I was listening to that preview channel, we also kept saying if you sign up for it, you'll get Pandora free for 6 months or something like that. I started this year, Carissa, and it, it, hopefully you're not offended, but it's the inappropriate joke of the week. <laughs> as long as I don't have to tell it, I don't know any. It's Okay, so this week, all right. Why does it take 100 million sperm to fertilize one egg? Why? Because they care. won't stop and ask directions. <laughs> Fair enough. You're probably not wrong. So, so people, I'm going to let people in on like the whole point of the gag is to get that reaction from John because he does very um, red faced whenever something inappropriate. That's adorable. That that's not that's not the worst you've done though. That yes. one is tolerable. Okay. There's a lady present. I had to. <laughs> Man, I, I couldn't be as bad. Lady, very much, but okay. <laughs> Some people would say the same about me, but okay. Um. <laughs> oh my goodness! I hear noises. Yes, unfortunately, I'm getting dinged. Oh, it's James. James, you should be watching. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a he's a, a fellow creator. He's a friend of ours, and he's got a new book coming out. And the three of us get killed in the book, so. Uh, we're I, I like that. dying in books. I killed, I killed my brother in issue six, I think. Yeah. If if you ever put up a Kickstarter pledge for being killed in one of your books, I will pledge that. Oh, yeah. I used to have. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I did have that. I had vampires. You can be killed as a vampire, and then I had you could be killed as a zombie, but nobody had done it. So I had planned to I do would. it in the next book. We're in book two, so book three. However, see, this is the complication I have. I just released issue eight, right? Yep. Issue 13 gets drawn next week. <laughs> it's very hard to get someone yes. to how would they wouldn't be that we're so far ahead. We, uh, it would be more complicated. We talked about that when when you were on before. Yeah, like you're very far ahead because you've had this written for a long time. Yeah. So what I might, was thinking of doing was. Um, when my hardcover comes out, I wanted to sell, or a couple of months before the hardcover comes out, I was going to sell pages of a pinup of you being drawn with the characters getting killed or being with Anubis or whatever. And then you would be in the hardcover as an extra. Um, and then you also get the file for it so you can print it out if you want to. So that, that came to me yesterday. (laughs) I might do that because then you're immortalized in a hardcover, which is actually cool. And then I'm going to have the option that if people want to get a pin up or something. But yeah, to be drawn in the book, I did it three times. I did it for three people. They were in, I don't know, four pages. They were vampires. They chose their death of being their head chopped off or getting away or getting killed off screen. Getting away, chopped off or fire. 
My brother wanted his head chopped off, but I did both. I lit them on fire and then chopped their head off. I have waited decades to kill my brother. It was, it had to be right. Exactly. Um, but right. my artist was a portrait artist, so they looked just like him. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, it's very well done. So, yeah. cool. well, I, I've died. Uh, JD has killed me in four of, four of his books. I think I've died in two others. And then I'm in the background in Hope, in one of the Hope books. So I'm always what? up for... If you are a long-term reader and you don't mind waiting, <laughs> you are more than welcome to be killed. In oh, yeah. Like, like I said, you put it on a Kickstarter that, that you'll kill me. The, the and, and the gorier, the better. I'm up for it. <laughs> what were you, uh, well, the original plan was to be killed as a zombie or as a human, if you want, by a zombie in book three because it's, it's ten issues of zombies. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to pick your death. Or you hmm. can leave it up to us, which would then probably be, be eaten alive or p- torn apart or something. Cool. So, yeah, we I, I will set that up for you, if you like. Like I said, it's you. if you wanted, you could have the PDF, like, a year before. <laughs> but to be on it, yeah, it'll take a while. But yeah. Whatever your time, like you, like I said, if you put it in your Kickstarter, I will. I, I've already backed your current ones. Oh, why, thank you. Did you I back did. today? What? Did you just back today? Yeah. Oh, thank yep. you. I had to take the, was it the extra, was it to, to get the back episodes, one through one through seven, the back oh, issues. Oh, cover? But then I got the eight metal cover or whatever. Nice. Actually, yeah, it's, I love the metal cover. It's so shiny. Oh, wow. That looks cool. Doesn't it? And it's it's not foil. It is, it is solid metal. So, yeah, you want to look at wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we're, yeah. All right. I know we got off topic there, Dave. Like, no, that's fine. I was reading. James is telling us his Kickstarter just went live. James, we'll have you on maybe next week to talk about damaging. All right. All right. You can damage me. I'll take. Is there a level in your Kickstarter that can get damaged? You get an axe <laughs> to a head, which is my favorite panel in comics ever. Anyway, so a little. I like the torn apart, like Shaun of the Dead. or going by your logic you could set me on fire and then tear me apart there you go i can do both easily yeah excellent so we have a zombie zoo you could be eaten by a zombie animal i just got one of my covers yeah we have let's see a zombie leopard a zombie elephant polar bears a snake which is my favorite rhino wolves and because of the cover someone just sent me we're probably adding a broken neck giraffe you, you you could do the what was it the dawn of the dead drawn and quartered by zombie yeah yeah all right i'm gonna i'm gonna add that march 4th is the next tier so is the next campaign so i'm gonna add one for you I'm all right get on my calendar um, all right dave go ahead put us back on track <laughs> all right social media madness this week is really short it's two things that we talked about roger corman's fantastic four last week I guess my first question is, have you ever seen it, Carissa? Fantastic Four? The original, original Roger Corman. That, yeah. that was never never made it to the... It wasn't meant to be put in a theater, but it was leaked, and it's been put on DVD, and you can buy bootlegs of it. And it's actually um, available on YouTube now for free. So it was. Ju- this has just been made, and it's out, or...? No, this is from 1994. It's terrible. It's they made, they made it... The company that owned the rights to Fantastic Four that they had bought from Marvel... They had to make a movie in order to keep those rights. And so they did it in the cheapest way possible, which was to have Roger Corman do a Fantastic Four movie. For I think the I think the breakdown was he put a metaphorical or a fake 
$500,000 in and the people that own the rights put another $500,000 in. So technically the budget was a million. Uh, and it's still, I Dave, I still think that is the best representation of the Fantastic Four on film. <laughs> Uh, of, well, of of the, the of Doctor Doom and them, I'm just saying. The only comment that we got on it was from our good friend Eight Bit Ray, who said Fantastic Four is Roger Corman's Fantastic Four is God tier, and it does not surprise me that he likes that movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he yeah. he's he likes a lot of interesting movies. Who's dinging? Because I turned my volume off. Oh, that's my. It's apparently I. You know, I turned this. I turned all the dinging off, and they still. There we go. Are they a favorite? Good old Facebook won't. Won't. Uh, oh. You know. <laughs> yeah, so. Carissa, if you if you ever want to see the Fantastic Four Roger Corman edition, um, first off, probably bring something to drink, um, <laughs> and then and some popcorn, and uh, it's on YouTube for free. Is it? Yeah, I'll yeah. I'm finishing up my chapter tomorrow but then i yeah i have plenty of time i was watching all horror movies today but uh. okay so in some ways this is a horror movie (laughs) it's an hour and a a half and we at superhero speak do not take responsibility for you losing that hour and a half of your life (laughs) as long as i get writing done i feel like my day is accomplished because i'll sit down and write like i only wrote two thousand words yesterday but generally i write between three and six thousand in one day depending on I never I don't have a plan when I write I just sit down and write I didn't have a plan for yesterday but it actually turned out really cool because there was the kraken in it and sliced open the kraken so it was pretty cool but yeah I never really know what I'm writing when I'm writing it but this is I think this is book 13 I'm on or 14 I don't know wow I'm a little far ahead this, right now I'm in series three book two so yeah one is five is five books which is 45 issues book two is 40 issues that's 40 four books and I'm on the third book of series three. So, oh, yeah. Cool. And there's a prequel. Uh, <laughs> the only other piece, I only glued this in social media madness because we didn't really have much to talk about. It was shared with us by our good friend, Kasani. He, he told us to check this out. Of course, Ryan Reynolds tweeted that uh, they finished filming Deadpool three. That's a wrap. talking about him today. Huzzah. So I'm curious. He, are we excited for Deadpool 3? I am. I know. I'm definitely so, excited. I will say that I love the first one, and and I have to watch the second one, which I'm going to do tomorrow. So I am looking forward to 3. He says some of the best lines. I was just talking about it today, where one of my favorite things he said was when he's fighting the girl, and he's, is it more sexist to fight you or not fight you? <laughs> so I yeah. That was like today in a nutshell. I, yeah, so I'm gonna watch two tomorrow, and then I'm, I am looking forward to three, and and I think it's I think it's gonna be awesome. So two is just as good. Yeah, actually, That's what some, someone said most today. people say it's better. So yeah, yeah. I don't know why you watch it. I don't know. I get distracted, and when I get distracted, I forget. But I am gonna watch it tomorrow, so I'm excited about it. So you're talking to a, somebody with very severe ADD, so I fully get that. <laughs> yeah, I have dyslexia, and I think it it kind of fuels like some kind of ADD because I don't have ADD, but I do get, as far as I know anyway. Of course, I didn't know I was dyslexic till I was like 38. I had no idea. But yeah, I, I have, I procrastinate and ADD at the same time. I don't know. I, know. I have yet to begun to procrastinate. I'm awful with it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Everything you've said about how min, how much uh, content you're putting out, um, that does not sound like procrastination <laughs> to me. Well, all of this was written within three years and we passed the 1 million word mark like six months ago. So wow. I know there's a lot. And that's not including, God, yeah, I, now I'm excited to watch two. I don't know why, why I forgot all about it, but the, the coming of the three got me all excited for the two again. 
But I have, I had one book of a spinoff that I should probably figure out what I'm going to do with. But yeah, for this series alone, it's a uh, hundred something issues and I'm still working on it. I'm still working on the prequel. I have a book of the prequel, but I still need to write the beginning where they met and started the fight. But yeah, there's a lot of ideas in my head that I just need to sit down and write through or write out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't write anything down. So uh, if I ever lose my memory, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> John, get started. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I've, I've already got the, what, Scrivener and uh, Aeon Timeline, and I've got hundreds of pages of notes that I've kept since i was literally nine years old okay yeah mine started 18 years ago but i didn't start writing i wrote book three by myself and then i got you know about my co-writer i don't know if you know about my co-writer so i write the series and i write all the characters except draven draven's speech and thoughts are written by my co-writer so when you read the two main characters they are two different people that wrote them it gives them this unique personality it's because we were role players and that's oh, how it yeah. worked out yeah that that would make that a little bit unique but i actually wrote book three we wrote i wrote it over again like i restarted it when i met her but book three was my only plan of any i didn't have a plan but my only thought process was book three and it was probably half the length of it is now now book three is obviously my favorite because i never ever bothered to think of making a comic book in my existence and then you know I said the infamous words, how hard can it be? And the hardest, <laughs> hardest freaking thing I've ever done in my life. But uh, it's also the, the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm really glad because this whole time we were writing the series, I kept thinking, what a waste. <laughs> I have one skill as storytelling. I can't do anything with it. But then when we finished series one, I was like, we should really do something with this. So I'm glad that it's working out because there's so many more to write. <laughs> Everyone asked me, what are you going to stop? I was like, well, I could stop series one. And it would be a great story. 45 issues done, blah, blah, blah. But series two is so awesome that I'm probably, if people are still reading, even a little bit of the people are still reading, I'm probably going to do series two. Hold that thought, because we got to do the commercial break too. But I was going to say, it's amazing because, I, and I'm pretty sure I told you this the last time you were on, is that I know so many creators, you meet them, they have issue one out. You meet them like a year later, they still have issue one out. They're working on <laughs> issue two. You meet them two years later, Oh, yeah, issue two will be out any time now. So be proud of yourself because you, you're, you're doing amazing, really. I did not I think it was special at all. Like that. <laughs> I didn't think it was special at all until I was on a show and they said the guy before me was on issue seven. And, oh, that's great for India that you're in issue seven. How long have you been doing it? It's five years. And then I was like, shit. So they got to me and they're like, what issue are you on? And I was like, six. They're like, how long have you been doing this? It's like, six months. <laughs> like, I was like. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I might have gone a little too fast, but sorry. All right. Again, that's it for Social Media Madness. So if you want to know, uh, you can follow us on Social Media Madness. Follow us on the Greg Podcast and learn more about this show. Here's our good friend Don to tell you more. You enjoying the show? Do you want to be part of Social Media Madness? Easy peasy. Head on over to SuperheroSpeak.com. You'll find all the links to our social media. You'll find the show uploaded there as well. Comic reviews by Chris. You can even go in the archives and find old comic reviews by yours truly. Absolutely. So again, that's SuperheroSpeak.com. Make sure and check that out. Make sure to engage on our social media. Speaking of social media, Superhero Speak is part of the Geek World All-Star Podcast Network. That podcast network includes great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, 
the Gorilla Brain Podcast, the So Wizard Podcast, and Super Hero Speak. That's right. You go to the X-Men app, the X app, hashtag GWAllStars, and you will not be disappointed. And you might as well do it before that app is dead. Listen, now it's time to go back to the show, and I'm going to be looking to see if JD makes a comment about sex or doing something to a woman's anatomy to see if John gets flustered or beat red. At the same time, speaking with confidence and zeal when he's talking about Pinkie Pie, Rainbow Dash, and the rest of the My Little Pony crew. Back to the show. He's nailed that. He, he just nailed that. He just, that's, wait, wait. he's got us down. Don, <laughs> Don, you're watching right now. Why do your eyes go wide when you go, you go so wizard? Like, and your eyes go really <laughs> wide. <laughs> I'm just curious. Oh, okay, we are going to take another quick commercial break. But before we do, everyone watching right now, the link for your Kickstarter is in the description. But where can people find, find you more online or find the books online? The easiest way to find me, because links can be hard, <laughs> go to Kickstarter and search Worthy Chaos. We are the only thing that pops up. There's a pre-launch for nine that I told nothing about, but it already has 36 people on there, so you can just sign that up. But eight is live now. It will be live for three more days as of four minutes ago. And on social media, on just Worthy Chaos, whatever, or you could find me on Facebook, Carissa Grant. I am the kind of person that would have got kidnapped as a kid. I talk to anyone and <laughs> everyone. And so I would gladly talk to whoever wants to talk. I have 5,000 followers on there, and I talk to as many as I can, as often as I can. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and you get suckered into doing podcasts like this. All right. 145 last year alone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll take a quick commercial break and be back with some news. Some podcasts are like this. I went to Japan and Ooh. I shot with Hitomi. She's the one with the really big boobs, right? The huge natural Asa boobs. Asa used to say Asa would hype her up a lot. Yeah. Were but... you intimidated going into seeing these boobs? I wasn't intimidated. I was excited because this was my moment. Lenny, this was my this moment. This your moment to not be the biggest breasted queen. No, no. This is my moment to finally have Hitomi in my face. People dream of this moment. I dreamt of this moment and my dream came true. I was. It really was did. amazing. Yeah. And some podcasts are like this. I don't take a shower. The only place I use soap would be my, my groin. You don't take a shower? Here's the thing. I don't take a traditional shower. I don't use soap. I don't use soap. This hair has never been washed. The beard has never been washed. There's never been soap on my chest. We have water. We have a lake. We jump in the lake. We get into a cold plunge. I don't pick out an outfit. My closet is just full of shorts. And by the way, the only reason why I dressed up today is because of you guys. You dressed up? I'm wearing my fanciest stuff. I'm wearing <laughs> my it... fanciest watch. I noticed the watch. That's a good watch. Yeah, I'm good wearing watch, my, my yeah. fanciest <laughs> necklace. Here's the thing. I, I just got to be me. Nobody can be me the way that I can be me. Nobody can be Graham the way Graham can be Graham. Nobody can be Jack the way Jack can be Jack. Same for you, Alex. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Mm -hmm. I love how when she asked him what he does, and it was the most dated thing they could say. So I'm setting everything up for the 2000 switch. And I was like, oh, I forgot Y2K was a thing. Everybody was so scared. Well, whatever, since yeah. when it goes to 99, gonna we're going to go back in time. Everything's going to be all like, what? Can we go back to zero? How about you just, zero. How about you just program right. two more numbers? You're like, where are we? Where are we? Or just everyone just knows that it's not 1900 on right. account of computers. They were worried that the computers would know the difference and they would freak the fuck well, out. They, and then it would gonna, be Skynet. Like they're going to slave us for the black people. <laughs> yeah. just, All right, well, back, in, back into your shed. Hey, what the fuck? The fuck is going? <laughs> you had your freedom too long. Now yep. let's go. It's, it's, it's time a... for you all to pick cotton. <laughs> oh my God. 
This is Beat 'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> Uh, another example of someone trying to make you turn red there, John. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he does it because it's such a good podcast. Oh, wait, so we're not a good mm. podcast there, Don? Mm. I thought we were friends. And then, oh, look, now James is watching. Because I messaged him during the commercial break saying, hey, we're live, you're not watching. Hurrah. <laughs> oh, you sent good. a new one. Okay, that'll be on next week. Good. They signed in just in time for the news. Yes, this first story, I wanted to talk about this. It's a shame JD's not here because I think uh, he yeah. has to be on it. But, I didn't know that there was any dispute over this. You figure but, that it gets the Netflix thing and... But since we have an indie creator here, it'd be good to get your opinion on this. William Appletree, who worked on Invincible, first 50 issues, um, was suing Robert Kirkman, saying uh, that he was the co-creator of the book. And was tricked. This was the interesting part of the of the lawsuit. He was claiming he was tricked into signing a contract that stated it was work for hire. Now, this th- it has gotten settled out of court at this point, so they're not, uh, and they haven't disclosed what the settlement is. But I found it interesting because, I mean, we live in a world where you go back 50, 60 years ago when these comics were being created, a lot of the stuff was work for hire. But a lot of those creators did a lot of input into the books and didn't know they were going to blow up the way they are today, right? The movies are insane. It's all pop culture now. Now, here's a modern book that that Kirkman did. 2005, I think, is when the first Invincible came out. And then the cartoon comes out, and then this lawsuit comes about. I'm just curious what you think. Like, how, as as an independent creator, obviously, you've you've told the story about how this was a role-playing thing, and then the story built from there, and you do have a co-writer, and you guys worked on this together forever, but you bring in people to help you work on the books. Like, how do you keep that straight and and make sure everything is hunky-dory? And I think you mentioned something about your artist, too, getting or getting a a piece of anything after this blows up. Yeah, so so everything, he gets a flat rate that he picked. I pay whatever rate he picked. And I just, I didn't raise it, but I took away coloring and lettering so to save his butt. So he gets the same amount and doesn't have to do all that work. So he's thrilled. But yeah, if my Kickstarters ever go over 6.6K, then the extra money is split among everyone that works on the book. Okay. Um, Interesting. With my artist getting the highest piece because I get the whole flat rate thing and then that's it. But to see these Kickstarters, I don't think mine's ever going to get this high, but to see these Kickstarters go to ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 and the artist sees nothing extra, you wouldn't have it without them. And I get the whole concept, you paid them and it's yours and blah, blah, But in my case, my artist really is part of the team. He puts his whole, he quit his job to do this. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Two issues in, he quit his job to do it. And he's so invested in the characters. He's severely underpaid as it is. And he just, he's, I, I wouldn't be where I am without him. Yeah, the story is important, but people come for the art and stay for the story. 
So without him, there would be literally no nothing. And at the speed he's going in, I, I think eventually that I can actually go monthly if I got enough followers. So yeah, with I want him to have an incentive that the better this does, the better he gets paid. And I also don't want him to go anywhere because I already told him I'm going to chain him up in the basement if he decides to leave. So longer he stays, the happier I am. And you see a lot, especially indie, you see a lot of long series with different artists. And, yeah. and for those who don't know, I started with a different artist and I spent $5,000 and then I threw it away and had my artist redo it. Yeah, I'm all about him hopefully staying for the long term. He was upset when I said he couldn't do the prequel. And I said, it's not that you can't, it's that you have a hundred issues to catch up on. I don't right. know if the prequel is going to be him or not. I don't release anything till it's finished written. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I want him to have incentive. I want him to want to stay around and the better it does, the better he'll do. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that before about splitting the Kickstarter profits. It never even occurred to me, honestly, but. Oh, it's because you don't um, like to share. <laughs> yeah, but well, no, but I... it's a really good idea because I have seen, I have backed Kickstarter projects that have gone over twenty thousand dollars okay yeah so then but then in all fairness then what happens if let's say amazon or netflix approached you and said we really like this we'd like to make a series from it i would tell them to go to hell they're going to screw it all up (laughs) (laughs) i do want to one day release an animated series that would be an r-rated animated series that would be what i would prefer because it's such a long series and no actor or actress would survive it probably so (laughs) i would probably prefer to have it as an animated series plus it's a comic book it should be animated that's just my thought process so that's the goal and also i would love a survival video game like resident evil since that's what started it all Mm. so those are and somebody wants me to do a tabletop i don't know if i would i don't i have no idea how to do a tabletop my role playing was all online it's cheaper to do a tabletop so that might be the first one i do um, but I've been asked several times because all oh, your role player, you should do a tabletop. And I said, I can look into it, but it's not, I have no idea how to play a tabletop. Speaking so. of, speaking of tabletop, I, I almost forgot yesterday was the 50th anniversary of D&D. So yeah. Happy anniversary there, John. Oh, gee, I wonder, <laughs> I, I don't know, man, if I heard about that. <laughs> You talk about playing it when they were still handwriting out the notes. The, the funny thing is, if if Gary Gygax knew what uh, what Wizards of the Coast was doing with D&D these days, he'd be rolling in his grave and probably hitting a natural one. What does this mean? Oh, my God. Uh, it'd be, uh, I am a geek. Uh, no, 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 no. James is saying it would be easier to work with someone mm-hmm. and make a setting or a... Uh, pre-made for it. I think he's talking about go to the TSR. Well, it's not TS anymore. It's Wizards of the Coast and do a module for Dungeons and Dragons. That is. Oh, to do a tabletop, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a couple of friends that do tabletops now, and they brought in like twenty-one thousand. And I would love it, especially for my clotters. I would love to do something. We talked about it today, how I really want to write a mini series for just the, them fighting the clotters. I don't, you, you probably don't know the clotters. but So we have a special va- brand of vampires I came up with. And it's because I wanted something scientific in my supernatural setting. Whenever you watch vampires, they always bleed. And technically, they have no heartbeat, so they shouldn't be bleeding or sex, but whatever. I made it that there. there's a... Ours is a subspecies of vampires, and there was a mutation in one of the vampires that his heart beats every six hours, which causes the blood to be clotted, and it causes him to a couple of things. One, he's a lot stronger because he had his whole body's thicker and he's he's got more strength to him. But he also needs to feed from a human 
only and fresh. It cannot be bags. It cannot be animals. It just won't sustain him. And he would start or these would start to decompose like a zombie. So they have to feed. So to save the species, he would have to change only the ruthless humans, you know, sociopaths and all these, because that would keep the species alive because they have their souls and they have to kill humans. So if you just got a regular human that doesn't want to kill others, it would, they would just pass away. So it became that clotters were the most vicious of all vampires. However, there's one trait that makes them the worst of all is that if it bites you or tastes your blood, then it can track you anywhere you go, no matter where you go. And if you kill that one, then the entire nest can now track you and they will track you down for revenge and kill you. And since we don't have the original or the fake mythologies of garlic being invited in or any of that, right. the original vampires do go out in the sun. So mine don't unless revenge comes because they don't get hurt. No, they don't sparkle, but they don't get hurt and they can go out and you cannot stake them because for anyone that knows the original lore, that wasn't to kill them. It was to trap them into their coffin. So it really doesn't do much. Um, so mine, you have to chop off their head or set them on fire. However, setting them on fire could take hours, so you might as well chop off their head. That yeah, nuke them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> it's funny. It, that's perfect because one of the things that um, JD always brings up when we talk about fiction and how like, oh, this isn't believable because of this thing from fiction, and he always goes, he always asks the same question: How do you kill a vampire? Because in every story, it's different. So, yeah, that's... Jim Butcher had three different variants of, of vampires. Yeah. So, yeah, we have other vampires. They're not in any of the stories told here. They're in future stories. But they're regular vampires. These are a mutation. But they're growing because since they would track you till the end of time and you can't do anything, you can't put down salt, you can't really do anything, and they can track you anywhere you go you have to destroy the nest. So that small bit of group. So ours had to destroy the nest and ours, but there are other nests out there because like the alpha, but they are a hive mind. But yeah, I just, it's simple fact that I didn't like the vampire's blood. So I had to come up with this mutation that they bled that, every, and by the way, the reason why it's every six hours, if anyone's going to ask, it's because that's exactly right before rigor mortis sets in. So it's just long enough before rigor mortis and then the you know you brought up a a point and it's stuck in my head now and john's not gonna like that me thinking about this but it's yeah if you're a vampire and you don't have blood flowing through you you can't get an erection so you can't have sex so that means that twilight is complete bs all right Yeah. (laughs) yeah exactly all right that was a fun tangent. What else we got in the news? Um, Vincent D'Onofrio recently had a, a, a nice interview with comicbook.com. And he said two things in the interview I thought were, were great. I don't know if you, Chris, if you're watching any of the Echo or if you watch the, the original. I do not. Character. I no longer watch any mainstream stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll watch a movie here and there, but I'm going to be honest. I have not watched since Endgame. E- Echo ended weirdly, so Did you? I mean... Did you watch the Daredevil series on Netflix, though, with Donafrio as Kingpin? I know of it. I did not watch uh, it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm still Disney. I'm not a fan of Disney anymore. Don't That's... go buy my shirt with Donald on it. I collect vintage <laughs> Donald Duck, but... Hey, I'm not going to I'm not gonna dish you for that. Sorry. James says Twilight is BS on so many twinkling levels. But he's a fan favorite who played Kingpin. And the two things he said in the interview that stuck out to me, which were really interesting, the first one being that he would love to do a what-if episode 
that focused on a darker version of Kingpin. I like what if. That was my yeah, favorite series when I was a kid. That is more like the Joker movie that uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. He was pretty like, dark in the Netflix series, though. But dealt on his dealt, deals with his origin and shows like <laughs> a dark world that he lives in and that he was a vic- like a product of that world. So yeah, like I thought that would be cool. I don't know. Like I said, that we keep thinking maybe the the next Disney Plus series or movie is going to start to write the MCU ship. And Echo did not like they messed I, with the characters' powers. They the last bit so what, of it. I heard that. So what's the what powers did she have in the comic book? I th- they they played off of the word Echo by having her spirit Echo from back when her people were spirits and, and they, comic. Yeah, and it was yeah they they played off it as Native American. And her people were originally the people. I did see that scene where she's got the power. I watched Pitch Meeting, so I was watching where she... Uh, yeah, no, Pitch Meeting has it perfectly. It's <laughs> Pitch Meeting is why my comic book has as little plot holes as it does, because I just have it in my head being like, so the movie can happen, or off screen. So right, yeah, be very yep. careful of uh, cinema sins and, uh, exactly. and Pitch Meeting. Is, Here, is eat this awesome. apple. It'll make you look more like an asshole. Uh, okay. But no, yeah, I know a pitch meeting had it perfect. Like it's just, they messed with the character's powers. They, the end was not like really a fight. It was more like more, they beat Kingpin through therapy. I just, I, it just, I'm sorry. I, and I just spoiled it for people, but I'm not sure a whole lot of people are going to watch it. Cause it's just, it wasn't, it didn't end great. Kassan said in the books, she could mimic any fighting style. She no. sees, this is Sally introduced. Uh, Ancestral magic. magic. Yeah, but I think they probably felt that was too close to Taskmaster in the Black Widow. Who they, all, who they also destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other one I like in Cinema Sins is come take a look at this cliche. I say it whenever I watch. Like, I, I watch CSI and it's every episode. You got to come look at this. Come take a look at this cliche. So those the series rule my life. But uh, yeah, I heard that it, it wasn't very good. Um, Which it just it, makes me sad because every time I think, yeah, they're going to write the ship. Loki was great. I love I love Loki. Them. That's the only one I watched was Loki. Um, all right. How did it end weird? They beat him through therapy. Yeah, they uh, made, him, made him sad. They made him relive his childhood trauma, which yep. wasn't even a power she had was to make you relive therapy. Could she do that in the comic book? Make you relive what? They trauma. made him sad. That's what they, they did. They cry. made him sad. They made him cry, okay? I was, I oh, just. No, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, from pitch meeting that I've learned, she went up to him, she touched his forehead, made him relive some horrible trauma, which I don't know what it is, but live some horrible childhood trauma. And then he cried, and then he ran away to call his mom. I don't know what he went to go do. But, yeah. Did she have that power in the comic? Is no, comic? no. It sounds like it's related to the white painting from the Daredevil series. No, she, they literally gave her ancestral Indian magic. Uh, but can ancestral the, these, these your childhood trauma? Yeah, the, these sigils would appear on her on the palms of her hands as she channeled magic from her ancestors back. And the echo I, thing was she was echoing she was echoing talents from her ancestors. Like one of her ancestors, they they did it. Like one of her ancestors was a, a sharpshooter in the in the Wild West, and in times of need, she could channel that power. It was very loosely based on what her powers were in the comics, okay. but they added all this weird stuff to it. Okay, Randy, I, I don't. I didn't watch the show, so I don't. I just. I'm curious. I, I'm assume you're talking about John. 
<laughs> because this uh, the point is that it wasn't in the comic is the point. They're making up their own stuff as they go instead of following the rules. Which, if you want to do, just make your own character is what the complaint usually is. It's not that yeah. it's a bad thing. It's that stick to the rules. And we expect, if they're going to name the character Echo, we expect Echo. And yeah. we didn't get Echo. We got another new character. They have a new Indian character already from What If? And she's interesting. I'd like to see more about her. But this one was like, we Echo could have been... I, it would be really interesting to see Echo okay. you know, white people, but... Obviously, we're upsetting Randy. So he's saying her power is to echo mutants. No, mutants exist, so you have to come up with something else. But, Randy, you're missing the point. Here was the perfect opportunity to introduce mutants into the MCU. And they keep whiffing on that. Yeah. They could have easily introduced a couple mutants, and it would have been amazing, but... Or you could come up with your own superhero. Here's the thing, and we've been talking about this a lot, is that they were pushed by Disney to do more uh, Iger. No, not Iger. It was the guy before him. Iger is the one who's told him. I want to say Perlmutter, but that was that he was the president of Marvel. And no one wanted an Echo series, to be honest with you. That's the whole thing. So the previews for it, I'm like, no one asked for this. And they had to show Daredevil, who I'm sure is in there for two minutes in the entire season. And that was to get people to go watch it. And it's like, just give me Daredevil. Just give me the new Daredevil. I don't need Echo. Yeah. It was Bob Chapik, right? He's the one who hit the accelerator on Marvel saying, oh, we can make all this money. And then it was just. No, I wouldn't have hated it, Randy, if it was done right. <laughs> I just don't like it when you have a set rule in a comic book for years and then you just make it up as you go when she was perfectly capable of doing what she does in the comic book. To me, and I'm sorry, to me, this is lazy writing. You wanted something done and then you changed it. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I agree. Lazy writing. I have no desire to to watch it. So. I'm just. Why can't she? Why can't she use the power she had to save the day? She did it in every comic and, book she was in. And the thing is, she doesn't have to echo the mutants. She could have echoed. Captain America, it, she could have echoed whatever she saw. The Hulk or, or uh, the character, the floor, the characters we already have in the MCU. Yeah. Like, because they've already messed up Taskmaster and made like that character they, they threw completely away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway. I think, I think the other thing that he said that, that interested me, this interests me, and I, I'd love to see his Kingpin go up against Spider Man in the MCU. That's something he wants to do as well. And as a person who loved the 90s cartoon where Kingpin was like the main villain for most and of huge. it, <laughs> yeah. yep. I would love to see Vincent Nafrio and uh, Tom Holland go at it. So, Kassan, yeah. Kassan said, also the show sucked. Poor writing. Yes, poor writing, poor fight sequences and poor acting. And they had great character and what if. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But again, like all of that was done under Chapik and... Uh, Iger took over, so yeah, he's, and they, like, and they, this is the last vestiges of what was done when they said, we can make more money if we put more content out instead of how about we keep with what's working where we have a plan and keep the number of characters small so that people can follow the story. You know? they're, they're, they jumped into the streaming wars and it was like, oh, they're going to own. But like when they first introduced it, it was like, oh, it's all Disney content. They knew people were going to subscribe for the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff. So they went to those franchises and said, give us as much as you can. Give us as much as you can. And yeah, 
King Kim is coming back to Daredevil. I forgot Daredevil about that. Again. I think he'll have a redemption arc for as his character goes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, redemption for what? That's yeah. Like, why does Kingpin need a redemption? Kingpin is Kingpin, man. So is Bullseye and the the Punisher. I love the Punisher. Yeah, that's right. I did see that. I didn't include it because that it was rumored at this point that they are saying that uh, they're going to use Bullseye again and Born Again. So. Oh, all the other characters coming back too. Foggy and uh, yes, and and what's your name? Damn it, the woman. Oh, geez, now I can't remember. But all the characters Aaron, from the Netflix show are coming back. So Karen, right? Her- Karen Page. She's coming back. To, the the actress is coming back for that too. They 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 got the band back together. Hopefully, if the writing is as good as the original, we we might actually they might actually have something to pull their asses out of the fire. But speaking of that, James Gunn. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I think Randy and Cassandra are now fighting in the comments. I'm going to avoid it for right now. Okay, so this is interesting and. Carissa, I'm sure you don't have an opinion on it since you're not watching any of this stuff. You make one up. But <laughs> James Gunn came out on threads and said that uh, gave an update on Peacemaker season two. Said that he just finished right or half was halfway writing episode eight and it was a banger and, and all this. And But he might be bi- he might be biased. <laughs> he might be. But the thing with that got me is that Season one of that came out in 2022, right off the heels of Suicide Squad. He wrote the the whole series or season in, he said, in a weekend or something, because he was inspired by the movie. And now it's two years later, and he's still writing season two. And I'm like, with stuff like this, and it's just this is actually just with the streaming stuff in general. Sometimes it feels like some of these shows, it's years between seasons, and then I feel like shows lose steam. Am, am, am I wrong? Am I alone on that? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, that happens a lot <laughs> on the anime side. That happens a lot. You'll get a really banger season of an anime series, and then you'll wait five years or ten years, and you'll get the next season, and you're like, I, you've ever forgotten it existed at that point. <laughs> but even, but even, every other month, so you don't forget what, me. <laughs> what's that? Oh, yeah. Every other month, so you don't forget me. Yeah, we're basically binge reading your stuff because you're putting out so quick. That's um, why I have to mail out like the day of it ends because people need to, the next one starts in three to four weeks. So I need to get them out there to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm busy. But yeah, the, that's it. Because I like, I, but like Stranger I Things know. has a strong following, but they're the same thing. Like every couple of years, a season comes out. Kids are too old now. They might be in like getting senior discounts or something. They, they, it's just too far apart. I actually, I only like one. I like the first season. <laughs> it was okay, and I like the three because I pretty much lived in a mall like that. That was pretty much. I think it. they I, said that this season is the last one, the one that's coming out. Yeah, because he's working on a new series with teenagers, another series of kids with psychic, shockingly ability, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but I have another. They have another series of starting. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I heard that too. That they wanted to do a spinoff of it. And the thing is, the one kid now is in the Ghostbusters movies. I'm sure they all want to go and do other stuff, and they don't want to feel trapped into having to do this show every couple of years. And, and then you look at the casts of Doctor Who, and that's also what you get. Like that, that's the reason why the, there's the trope of Doctor Who regenerating every once in a while. That's the thing they could have done, but they gave him like. I, they shouldn't have given him only 10 because now isn't he like on the 10th? Like, I, no, I, no, he's on his 14th now. Yeah. So, uh, what, hey, how, they, how, they, did he, how did he only have 10 and now he's got, how, how did they? Technically, uh, he only had, okay. they were only supposed to have 12, but he, but then oh. they, they made him the timeless child and 
There's okay. a whole, there's like explanations now. But anyway, but that's how they, they keep those actors happy is because the actor can come in, do a few years, and then he can go off. Same thing with the one, the I, actors that play I, the, uh, what? I'm not going to say this out loud, but Randy, you have earned this. What are you doing? Uh, we don't do that here. <laughs> so I mean, I get it, Randy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I'm surprised it's taken this long to get Peacemaker season two because of how well Peacemaker season one did. But I also, I, I I'll say this because of the shakeup and the and the strikes dying, and all that. Yeah, you and thing. the strikes. He probably had to rework what the season was going to be about as well. Mm. So I'm. It's weird. It's weird that they can kill off the DCEU. All those actors are gone. They were going to recast everyone, except John Cena as Peacemaker. They're going to have season two that ties it together. Like him and Psycho Pirate. The only two that realize, hey, everybody's changed. It's it's this is a classic DC. This is the new 52 launches and everyone changes but Batman because they were allowed to because it was Court of Owls and he was a Jeff Johns, right? Yeah, he was allowed. Right. He was allowed to continue on the story he was already working on. Yeah, right. I don't know. I just it confuses me. But uh, I'll, I'll watch it when it comes out. Yeah, season one was fun to really watch. good. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. So uh, Kingpin is a part of the, Oh boy. Okay. They're still talking. <laughs> they're, st- they're still talking about Kingpin. We started something. And his therapy session. I'm going to have to watch this season, that season of Echo just to see how crazy it was. Cause everyone's talking about it. So I... while they're still fighting in the comments, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we'll come back and talk some redemption. Hmm. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastair, you are listening to So Wizards. You're the thinking, you're the people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. So be on to stop us this time. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, and the expert, Mr. Mark Hague, Mark Ellis Ray, you are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends review movies, TV, and sometimes more, podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. For Kellis Reagans, please tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. Everybody, you can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com, and there you're going to find a brand new episode every week. Find So Wizard on all podcasting streaming platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Check out our YouTube page, where new content is being uploaded regularly. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can receive exclusive bonus content while you're supporting the show. No, I didn't! First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a lot time and i've been working on it for a while after these messages we'll be right back yeah we still need a google calendar we've only been doing this for 11 years dave so eventually maybe- we'll get eventually we'll get it all together yeah yeah all right there might be an episode coming up with kassan and randy on it where they can duke it out and the rest of us will be quiet all right uh, oh, we could have them do a debate <laughs> 
We can oh, have we love a that. live debate with the actual debate rules. That might be a good idea because I want to hear both sides of things like that. All right, Carissa, for those who may not have seen the uh, previous episode that you were on, what is the elevator pitch for Worthy Chaos Redemption? It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Supernatural and the town of Silent Hill and the world of Resident Evil with the crow, evil dead, good omens, all tossed in together. And it's also Romeo and Juliet in hell for this. But it follows Serafina, an angel descendant, and Draven, a demon descendant, as they try to survive against their angel and demon father as they are trying to retrieve the angelic weapon that Serafina is made out of. If they can do this, they can tip the scales of heaven and hell in their favor, though her father wants it for another reason that won't be touched on for a while. However, it requires her soul to activate, and if it receives, if they use her soul, then she can no longer reincarnate, which means she can no longer see Draven ever again, and it would cause him to go dark and probably destroy the world. So either way, I recommend not doing it, but they are still trying to do it. So they fight against hellhounds and Anubis and zombies and... Ghosts, vampires, giant salamanders, everything you pretty much think of. <laughs> I have a question. You said that you role-played this. Now, do you mean role-play it like, is it D&D rules? Or, like, how do you mean, how did you mean? I did online role-play. I write a chapter. Your mic is cut out there for a second. Uh, so, there you I, go. so, with role-playing online, it's, I write a chapter... I say what happens in the story, where they are, where they're going, but I don't write it like D&D. I write it like a, like a novel, like I'm writing a chapter of what's going on, but only by the perspective of my character. And my character will talk to Draven and she'll think about him and she'll do whatever and you'll have this whole action. But then I send it to my co-writer and she will then write the entire chapter in Draven's point of view and he will answer anything she, she asked or talked about. He will give his thoughts on what's going on and the actions that he does. And it's two chapters will complete one. And then I go on to the next one. And then I go from there. So I'm the one that leads it. And I will talk about ideas sometimes. But generally, I don't know what I'm going to do when I do it. We just have a generic idea. Okay, they're going to go to an island full of zombies. And then I will create that island full of zombies. Which we have, by the way. <laughs> that's in series two. But yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. We can control other characters. We never control each other's. I've been... We've... In the rules of role play, when you write it, it's law. So if you wrote it, it has to be followed. However, in role playing, you're not supposed to ever move the other character. Like you could say it follows or whatever. However, Draven and my character have been together so long that I know when he's going to push her out of the way or push him behind her or attack something or stop her from doing something. Or I generally know what he's going to do, which makes my, my normal replies used to be like a thousand words. I started as a one-liner, but I built up to a thousand words. Um, now they can be 6,000 because I pretty much know what he's going to do. Um, so I'll either end it when it's gone too long, like my 10,000 word one before, um, or uh, I will end it because Draven has to do something, fight something, or something that I don't want to say what he's going to do. So that's pretty much how that goes. You, I, you're not the first writing pair that I've heard do that. I think Alona Andrews with the writing team of Alona Andrews, that's it, like a pseudonym for two people, did that with the Kate Daniels series, where one would write from one point of view and one would write from the other. And it, I, I don't know, it's it's fun, because I've also heard trying to do it by D&D &D or Pathfinder rules so that you could make fights more 
realist, realistic yeah, because it's hard to write a fight and not overpower the characters. But if you have, if you give them a certain number of, if you have a, an actual power system and you assign points to every, each side and then you literally role play it to see how a fight would go, you can make it where it's within the confines of the reality that you're writing that or this fight's can... possible instead of just the good guy or the protagonist always in the end just overpowering by because or you could just know your characters well enough <laughs> true oh yeah I I know. But there's so many different ways but i do like the uh, the whole that fight scene but obviously my fight scenes have a point like a, they, they lead the story you're gonna love then the end of certain issues where my character got completely beat down Generally, the only thing that powers them is them losing each other. So that's usually what gets them. But it is fun to see. She is, her weapon of choice is a gun or a dagger, where Draven very rarely uses a gun until zombies are involved and then all bets are off. But he prefers crowbars or swords or bats. That's usually what he, that's why he usually uncovers. That's what he has is, is one of those. She is more inclined to use stuff around her. She's used chains off the wall. She's used chairs. She used a, a fire creature. Whatever's at hand. Yeah. yeah, she likes to use whatever's at hand. But if she had her choice, it would be a dagger and a, and a, and a handgun. But he's an assassin. And I don't know if you've ever seen Leverage, but we follow Elliot's point of view where he knows and he's an expert with guns but he doesn't generally use them that's how draven is so he doesn't usually use a gun but when it comes to zombies he still uses he prefers close range or whatever but uh, yeah all bets are off when it comes to zombies he will pick up a gun as somebody who has role played before has friends who are crazy the question is and and this podcast is also a great example of this when you're working together and and doing coming up with stuff how do you keep from going off on tangents or just getting like crazy with the story? We don't stop. I have. <laughs> I, I, no, I it goes say, crazy I, all the time. I'm going to give you, yeah, I'm going to give you an exclusive info here. We didn't write anything in order. It wasn't until we have a general order, but I'm not going to lie. I'll wake up and I'll be like, I got a new idea. And we'll be so excited about the idea that we'd have to go write it. So then we have to find a creative way to connect everything, which just seems to happen very naturally with us. But I think the most we've ever had at once was four storylines at once that we later connected. Now I think we've slowed down and she's finishing up one. Uh, I think she only has like a, ha a quarter of a chapter to finish. And then all of series two is done. So she's just finishing the ending of the, one of the books. But then we have two or three others that are active at the moment. So let me think. We have Magical Library, which she's about to talk about how to defeat the dragons that i just had jump out of a book and i'm in the underwater underwater city fighting a kraken with anubis and my two characters i think we have oh and then we have another one in a different dimension so we have three or four at the moment yeah so, totally different books totally different stories but they all connect eventually we have a question from the audience Kassan stopped running with randy long enough to ask a question so what's the overarching theme of the series or if it's easier, what is the same, some themes you touch on in the storyline? The series are, for this series, they mostly, it's just survival. They don't know. They're just learning now that she's not human. That, that's the whole thing. Like, we know, because we're watching the fathers play the, uh, the strings, manipulate the strings in the background, mm -hmm. sending the, the hellhounds app. They don't want to be seen. They do this in every life, and they don't usually get completely involved because it can 
cause a lot to happen. So the overall theme is that heaven and hell want to touch it. But it's not really about that. Technically, it, it winds up being a huge factor later. But right now, the fight is between their fathers. Can't give away why. Your, your microphone. Yeah, your microphone went down again. Sorry. I don't know why it would do that. I'm not cool enough to have a really expensive mic. But <laughs> yeah. So is that better? Is it? Yes. Yep. Much better. Uh, the, so the thing is that his, Draven's father is after this weapon. He's been after it for the longest time. And he caused something to happen in the last life or a couple lives ago that the reason why her father is trying to get it back. Originally, it was his weapon. He used it to create the daughter because angels can't have kids. And so he used his powers, his wife's powers and the souls from the weapon to create her. And after she was created, the demon tried to get it back, but could not because every time he would kill her, she would be reincarnated. So he created Draven to go after it. But however, there was a prophecy that said if an angel and a demon ever fell in love, you're not allowed to separate them or war would start. However, somebody faked the prophecy to turn it around so that it said that if they fall in love, you have to separate it. And that's how their guardian angel, Kemiel, got involved and he screwed everything up. So there's a lot behind the scenes that's happening here, but the overlying theme, it's really what these two characters will do to survive for each other. They would die for each other. They would kill for each other. It's not a romantic story, but the underlining cause is love. They love each other and they want to get through surviving each other and all this stuff. Right. So it, that's the underlining theme is that what were these char- what is the limit these characters would do for the other? And it's pretty so, freaking <laughs> So... How have you been finding Kickstarter? Because I'm going through your other Kickstarters. You do, you're doing one for each which each issue, right? So issue and, one, there's an issue one that was the old artist. That was mm-hmm. very short-lived. And I didn't do podcasts. I didn't know anything. It was really my friends and family. Then I did the next month, or the that ended November. And then in January, we ran one through three of this series. Yep. And then every other month, it was another issue. And then the hardcover. And they've been steadily growing to where this one is like a thousand dollars over what you made on the I last have one. Never gotten into the four thousands, not even briefly. Yeah, this is the first time, and I am officially until someone cancels, which happens every other day. I am officially three backers higher than I've ever been with three days left. So wow. it is. I think it's the hardcover that's causing it to grow, because yeah. I have forty-one new backers this time. And they mostly have gone after the hardcover. Um, so the metal then, cover, too, is interesting. I've never seen that before. The what now? The metal cover. Oh, I found this by accident. Uh, this is Ready Comics, and I love Shiny. So here is Shiny. Yeah, well. Yeah. And I, I have the, I think you bought the one with the trading cards. So the new thing is every Kickstarter will have the three or whatever covers I have in, in trading metal trading cards. And then if they're not sold out, they'll be added to add-ons in the next campaign. I do have somebody that gets, he gets a special. He gets them. I have loyalty issues. He's super loyal. He'll cry in the messages if I don't give him metal trading cards. But uh, yeah, so we have a couple of, they sell really well, metal trading cards. Like I didn't, I held on to them for, so I never bothered to sell them. Like I just had them. I would buy them. They're shiny. I like them. And then I was like, oh, I should put these on for sale. And they like sold out in like, five minutes. I was like, oh. I should probably start doing this. <laughs> so now I have sets of, I have two sets, I think. I have a card set one with five, card set two with five, and then you got one of the cards with three. And then I think I sold four. I sold two on your level and two on another level. 
so I have six left, I think. So yeah, they they sell pretty good. But yeah, shiny. But yeah, and then I have the hardcover. Is I was gonna do the hardcover in metal, but it wouldn't really be hardcover anymore. But it was a brief thought process of it. The hardcover, however, has the artist Ken Hunt from oh. Batman, Harley Quinn. He's the nicest mm-hmm. guy. I talked on the phone for minutes. Harley Quinn, Superman, Batman for over a decade, and colored by the current colorist C.C. Dela Cruz from Lady Death Universe. As much as I love the cover, and it's exclusive for the hardcover, everyone loves the back. So this was oh, my yeah. most popular cover. Though the Jeremy one is catching up really fast because these are the two covers I charge more for because they cost me a fortune and they sell. I think yeah. there's only eight left of the regular cover. And I think there's, don't quote me, maybe six left of the metal, I think. I only buy 10 and I want one. So Yeah, the metal, the metal <laughs> issue is there's only three of five left, three left of five. There's still well, more. there's there's five in the add-ons, and I think two or three are sold. Oh, okay. Um, so there's yeah, there's probably five total left, and yeah. then one mine. So there's four total left. I got um, that that uh, was it that company Displate that oh. does the metal posters now, and those are really freaking popular. And I know I like I collected comics in the '90s where it was like <laughs> yes, get the glossy. Or fluorescent oh, covers, or the, yeah, you know, and I always, yeah, the Ghost Rider one. I always did that, but I, the idea of a metal cover is really cool. So. Yeah, I have a metal cover, and I didn't do the wooden one. However, I am looking into a leather one, but Jeez. I do have. I That'd be good for the hardcover or the. I the love thing. stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I do have wood engravings, etchings. I guess they're called. So yeah. Wait, if you do a leather cover, I'm in. <laughs> Definitely there. Um, you do that for the, the collection. That. Yeah. For collection yeah. one to eight. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> issue 12 is the last one in, in book two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's done. It's it, getting colored as we speak. I think there's like five more pages to ink. And then the colorist is already like 10 pages in. So we have a chain gang going on with the letter colorist, and all that stuff. They did not believe me when I asked them to come on board. I said, do you, I'm going to be honest with you. Do you understand that this is a lifelong commitment you're making to my story? It's nonstop. And they didn't believe me. They're like, okay. And I was like, all right, I'm telling you right now. It's not. I mean, oh, okay. That's what it's really working right for a publisher. Like, yeah, this you're going to be putting book after book. So Issue one got finished getting colored a week ago on a Friday. And on Monday, I sent him 11 inked for 12. So it, it's literally nonstop. And it was really funny because originally when I brought my colorist on, who was obsessed with Resident Evil, so he was thrilled to do the series, he said, I stole him from a friend who's using, she, she uses him too. And I said, how does she pay you? And he goes, oh, like every two days. Like, That's not going to happen. I'm not doing this every two days for the rest of my life. You pick a day and I'll pay you and then we'll go on for there. So every Friday I pay him for whatever he has done that week. But uh, yeah, he had no idea what he was getting into. So he's like, you make an issue a month? And I said, yes. And a complete issue gets inked once a month. So my artist gets a full, gets paid for a full issue per month. Issue 12 is 40 pages, so it's a little longer, but it still only took him about a month. It's like a month and two days. <laughs> Issue 13 gets start getting drawn probably Tuesday or Wednesday, but I'm excited for issue 14 because it's the zombie zoo and I've been dying to do full zombies for the longest time. Book book three is my favorite. You're not supposed to have favorites. My co-writer refuses to pick favorites, but book three is my favorite. Oh, everyone's like I- got a favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> 
so like I said, I just went through a thousand episodes of, of One Piece. And there are parts in there where you can tell that the writer, Oda, started to change some of the backstory and started to add elements that he's one of the best I've ever seen where he weaves new elements in that you think might, that should have been introduced or seen before, but weren't because they didn't exist in his mind at that point, but they do later. Uh-huh. He weaved them in it, weaved these new elements in a way that, you know, worked so that it was okay that they, that the characters didn't mention something before, but they're like, now it's important. Are you finding that as you're going along that you're like, oh man, I wish I had thought of this when it was, when I was starting this stuff, I'll, I'll insert it here or something. Have you ever have um, you done any of that? Any revising of the story or that? So I, so I'm going to be completely honest with you. Anubis was not in our story. I added him to the comic book. In the series for, I don't know, a chapter or something, it was Pyramid Head. And I could not use him in the comic book. So when I was switching over, I was thinking oh, I had Resident to add Evil, right. yeah. Yeah. Silent Hill. I had to think of somebody and I was like, they have to have a long weapon, like some kind of long staffed weapon. And for some reason, the only thing that popped in my head was Anubis. And I was so excited to draw in Anubis. And he wasn't going, he was just going to do the same as Pyramid Head. It was going to be issue two and that was it. But once I saw him drawn out, I had to keep draw. I just had to keep going. And I had no idea how much everyone loved Anubis until it was like, yeah. So he actually becomes a completely, a complete main character. Pretty much in book five, he's all, every page pretty much, he's fine. But he could not be in all of them because one, my character's, he's being controlled. So my, he's against my characters at the moment. But also he's invincible. He can't just travel around with them and kill zombies as he goes. And also another thing is the fathers were not in it yet. They were not in it at all until series two. However, I did the, the reason why I added them was I did not want people to think that they were just humans, but they think that they're humans. So I couldn't just be like, these aren't humans. So I just brought in the fathers to, and then it snowballed with them and their personalities. And now they just cracked me the hell up because they just banter back and forth like idiots. And somebody asked me, because I had never seen Good Omens, but someone's like, oh, they, are they like Good Omens? And I, I was like, what do you mean? They're like, do they really get along? I was like, no. <laughs> they do not. They have been battling for centuries, which is sad because they really should get along. Mm-hmm. And in the great war of my series, which is series four, which has I haven't even gotten to, it's unfortunate that heaven and hell actually team up over what happens between them. So they're not involved in it, but... If they had just gotten along in the beginning, it would have been they could have gotten against my characters. But instead, heaven and hell team up against my characters, which forces Hecates and Hades and Greek gods to side with them. And then it causes Anubis and Egyptian gods to fall with my characters. So you have these two wars going on. And my characters are not thrilled because Hecate and Hades has zombies as their army. And Anubis has mummies. And my characters have been killing these things for the last couple of decades. Right. So they're not thrilled to team up with them. So it always reminds me of War of Warcraft because I refused to play the game because my long-term boyfriend at the time played with the Horde and I said I would never side with the zombies. So now I'm like going against what I said I would do. <laughs> He's like, you gotta play, you gotta join up. I was like, I would be Alliance. I'm not fighting. On, I am a zombie killing girl since the 90s. I am not going to join your stupid squad with zombies. And now I'm joining stupid squads with zombies. So I will be telling my my ex soon that I will I, will, I should have joined his army. But did you find it hard to weave in new elements that hadn't existed before? No, like... it, it was so seamless that it was just 
everything in the story just fits so perfectly. And I didn't even plan some of it. Like, for example, so the whole thing started, to give you some of my own backstory, 17 years ago started with Remnall, her father. I don't know why and I don't know where I read about him, but I found out that he judges souls in scripture. He judges souls on earth and brings them to heaven. And I was watching Supernatural at the time and they had like angelic weapons. And I was thinking how he's going to carry these souls to even that pocket. So I'm like, how is he carrying these souls from earth to whatever? So I came up with this angelic weapon and it just snowballed from there. And so this weapon, which is also a gyroscope, I don't think anyone's figured that out yet. But if you know what a gyroscope, it's missing one ring that goes around it, which will be added to it to make it a gyroscope. But that's for later. This weapon just caused this whole thing to snowball. And when we wrote this, we didn't have a name. Or really a father for Draven. Um, I was looking up or discovered the Aasma, who's a chaos demon. Now, he used to, he has nothing to do with Remnall in scripture. He's a totally different mythology. However, he eats the souls. He used to like to eat the souls from Judgment Bridge. And his his he's immune to lightning of any kind, magic or natural. And Remnall's only true power besides the sword is lightning. So it just fit so perfectly that these were together. And then I didn't even discover this till the comic was made because so much for all my research. But Remnall was the first angel to create the Nephilim, which is a part human, part angel. And he created Seraphina. So it was just perfect that he was the one that created her. And that was like what originally was the scripture. So things just fit together. We didn't have Seraphina's mom, her name for her yet. But I had Apollo as her guardian rat only because I wanted a son on his eye. And I didn't know that Apollo was the Lord of Rodents. I always thought of him as a sun god, but no, he's the Lord of Rodents. And then later on, I found out after we picked her mother and it fit so perfectly and it just aligned so great. Later on, I found out that her best friend was Apollo. So Apollo sent the rat. So things just fit as they go. And so I got really lucky that I always joke that I'm like, I don't know if you've ever seen Supernatural, but... I'm just the prophet that writes these and it happened in some other dimension and I'm just writing them out because everything just fits so perfectly as we go that it's just it's creepy. No, I had no problem adding anything in the, and everything just fits perfectly. So lucky than smart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> lucky is good. Lucky yeah. is good. You definitely seem to have a love for mythology though. And I'm sure that helps a lot with writing this. Is there anything, obviously you've learned a lot of stuff that you didn't know. Have you ever, is there anything that you learned and you're like, oh, I can't wait to add that in now? You have no idea. Like (laughs) the whole prequel, like the whole prophecy and the whole them fighting and creating and how Anubis is combined with that because they were stealing his souls and he judged all these things. I just want to tell everyone about it all the time and I can't. So it drives me insane that I can't do it. The fact that I'm hinting at things as I go, Camille is in scripture the the archangel of true love so he was their guardian in all their lives and he kept them safe until the father switched the prophecies to trick him to betray them but i haven't been able to show that scene yet and i want to show a flashback at it because he doesn't even tell them until like book five and i was like i really want to see the scene now so there's a flashback in issue 13 and i'm tempted issue 12 i'm tempted to have him view the scene so I can at least see what ha- it's a horrible scene but I still want to see it <laughs> so I might have a flashback in his head where people won't know what they see but it'll be they'll be like what the f did I just see so I might throw that in there yeah everything and- I can't wait I can't wait for everything like series two I cannot wait for her to have her wings and her power so much 
I, I just want it all now. Now. I want it now. It's, uh, you've mentioned the prequel quite a few times. Do you have a plan on when you're going to start that? So book one is complete. It's oh, actually okay. the script is even done. And what in there's an add-on of the PDF for Damnation. That's actually mm. part of that. The artist I wasted four grand on did not follow the script. I, the, my two first artists I lost nine grand on because it, I, it I just heard, didn't work out. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't follow the script as good. It's a good story if you want to read it. I only charge three bucks for it, I think. It's how they met in this life anyway. So it's a cool story, but the art's not as great as I'd like it. And she looks pretty hot. She's got Brazilian hips. Apparently they were Brazilian. My new artist is also Brazilian. He lives in the UK and he goes, your chick had UK, had Brazilian hips in the prequel. And I was like, yes, she did. So it'll eventually <laughs> be redone. But the lettering wasn't done for four months later because I couldn't afford it. And then my right. letter, he didn't follow your script as well as he should have. And so certain things didn't. So it's still a good read, but it's it, it will be better when my artist does it. But yeah, so the book five is done. Book one is done. And then I, I'm going backwards. So it's actually going to be negative books. So right now it's negative one and the book after is going to be negative two. And it's going to go oh. how it is. So I know what happens, but I have no idea what happens at the same time. I know that Remnall and Asma, how they meet and how they fight and how they battle. I have where they drag Anubis into it because he's a chaos demon that feeds on souls and Anubis weighs the souls and judges them. I don't know if you know about Egyptian mythology, but if the soul doesn't quite fit in, he used to eat them. And now he now, but I mean, he eventually it evolved to he feeds them to the hippo goddess God. So it's going to be that we add in that they're all three of them are going to battle like in the prequel. You do see, get to see a, a flashback, recent flashback of how Anubis got captured by Remnall in issue 13. So I'm excited to see that drawn out. So cool. how, did, how did you figure out all the publishing of this? Like I, you, you've told stories of your travails of trying to get an artist and losing $3,000 on one. Uh, and, uh, 5, that was fun. Five thousand. Okay. Oof. But well, he stole three thousand, and I tried to fix it for two thousand, and then I didn't like it, so I just threw it away. So. But how'd you? Okay. So, be careful with getting an artist. But we've heard yeah. that from so many writers. Yeah. yeah. I even knew, and it still happened. But yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, publishing. Go ahead. But but yeah, publishing. How did you figure out the publishing aspect? Did you have somebody <laughs> asked, or and how'd no. you go through getting it published? I pu- uh, this is all me. I self-publish everything. I originally, I pay for everything. Everything is out of pocket and credit cards. But I originally went to two publishers to ask them, like when I first started. When I had one through three done by the new artist, I went to two publishers. And both of them, slightly rude, but I don't think they meant it. They said they wouldn't read the proposal. They said, we don't bother reading it because the first thing you said was you have... 45 issues for the series and they said we don't have any series longer than three and i asked why and they said because only 65 percent of the people read the second one and even less read the third and i flat out said then you have the wrong story <laughs> because if they're not reading two and three then yeah. you have a you have a wrong story but they <laughs> wouldn't even read it they wouldn't even read my one through three that was already complete and printed so i told him and by the way if i if i do complete all 45 and everyone's happy go lucky i will write them back and say i told you however i said then i will just he i said i'll just do it myself and he said you will never get all 45 printed and i said watch oh, me well, hold my beer I, like, yeah, hold my <laughs> I said that to two different two different ones because the second guy said the same thing he said there's no way you're gonna get to 45 and i said i'm, I'm gonna get as close as i can get and we'll see what happens and he's like, good luck and i was like thanks so Wow. That guy owns a school, online school, and I was joining it, and then I obviously did not. 
because obviously he has nothing to teach me if he's only doing three issues per story. And it's so funny too, because I, I read a lot of YouTube videos and one of them says, um, don't start anything long-term, make your first issue like a short one thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, so that didn't work out. But yeah, this was not planned at all. This Nothing's planned. Nothing is done probably the right way. No one do what I do. There's no budget. I don't care. I just buy whatever. So yeah, you don't want my bills. But I'm, I have a lot of faith in the story. My husband said really horrible words, go all out for two years. I have till this Halloween to make it work. <laughs> but I will tell you that I bought all my covers, which there's five issues in book two, and I spent four grand just on the covers. So all the covers are bought. All the covers for most of book three is bought. So either way, I'm still finishing three. But I, and before you ask why the covers were so much, I had to get all the covers from people that were associated with my story themes. So this one is Jeremy Rampack, who is the artist for Injustice, which I have no idea what it is, but my brother was thrilled. So anyone that cares, he's the art interior artist for Injustice. However, nice. all I care, because he's the interior artist for Resident Evil comic book, all I cared about, and I swear. So he, yeah, he worked for Capcom, Blizzard, Marvel, DC, IDW, but I only cared about the Resident Evil thing. And I'm gonna tell you that when I hired him, I didn't know which artist he was because they don't tell you. It just listed three artists and I was hoping uh -huh. he was the one that did the interior, that did what I wanted. And I even sent him, I was like, did you do these? And he's like, yeah, I did that. And I go, who did the coloring? He goes, I don't remember. I was like, okay. So I handed over a ton of money for the inking of this cover and I had no idea what I was getting. I had to pay first. I had no idea what I was getting, but I loved it so much. He already did the cover for the hardcover for book two. And I might be publishing his, by the way, his issue. He made a comic book and he might be publishing it under Worthy Chaos with my logo on it. FYI. Wow. We're working on that. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So then the cover for nine is Carl Moline, which is the interior artist for Buffy, because I love Buffy. So he's the interior mm. artist of the Buffy issues, I think nine season, 10 season. And then I had to get Kevin Sharp, who's the artist, interior artist for Army of Darkness, because I have Evil Dead tendencies. And that's on issue 11. Yeah, I had to get all these. I'm still searching for Supernatural. He has not agreed to it. He keeps saying he doesn't have time. I told him I have 100 freaking issues. Just put me on a damn list. We're working on that. And Terry Jones from Silent Hill Comic has not written me back for Silent Hill, but I'm still working on that. So Wow. Um, yeah. I, there's been many success stories that have started with someone telling someone else, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would love to write him back and say, here's my series one. I can end series one happy-go-lucky. Um, I'm probably, even if I did, even if I decided, I, I doubt I'd ever get tired of the story. But if I ever get tired of it, I can say I'm going to end it now. But I can see me being so evil to actually still release the epilogue, which I'm going to have a warning. Don't read the epilogue if you want a happy ending. Uh, but the epilogue leads into series two. And then series two ends on a, a good note. And so you read the epilogue and then you're like, shit. And then so you go from there. I do want to do series two, though. I, I love series two. I love Zombie Island. I, I love the whole, everything that happens. I'm biased, but I love it all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, and it's funny because I have heard that try to write a short story for your first issue. And that's, the idea behind that is just, can you write a comic book? Not necessarily, can you write a great epic story? Can you write in the right format? And I get that, but the, I can't, I'm shocked that a publisher sits there and goes, we don't do anything more than three issues because... You can at least read it. Yeah. What's the point of that? Oh, they didn't, though, because I wouldn't have changed anything they wanted anyway. I would probably end up in a fight. So this worked out better. 
probably would have released this many this quick and I don't know. I, I think it worked out for the better. I do have very large credit card debts, but I've gotten us into credit card debt a lot, like three times, and every time it's worked out. So I, I'm just going to hope for the three times continued. So Plus, a lot um, of the publishers are just like, they're cowards. Like these days, they'll go through all the, all the, was it, all the writers and all the publishings that, that people are doing by themselves. And if they see something that's getting hot, you'll get a call. <laughs> That's happened to a lot of writers that, yeah. that that we've talked to. It's it's only they they won't they won't uh, take any submission from them from the writer at all. And then when the writer gets three books out and suddenly it's like in the top one hundred New York Times list, they're like, "Yeah, we'd like to represent you." <laughs> I mean, at the, my goal. This is my goal. I, I wanted to uh, be able to fund in one week so i can have one week campaigns once a month that's the goal in five years because it's such a long series that way i can do 12 a year <laughs> and then be done with it but we'll see i'm either way no matter what series books one through three are definitely getting done because it's already started and i'm stubborn enough to do four and five so either way i believe that series one is going to get done and my house is paid off in four years so either way <laughs> by then i can do series two so there um, you go it'll nice. pretty much work out i, I can tell just the, with your passion and your stubbornness, that you, yeah. it'll get done. You're gonna plow through these things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was told I wasn't allowed on some show or something, and I, and I asked somebody, I was like, I wonder why they won't let me on. And he goes, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something, and you can take it as a compliment. And I said, okay. He goes, you came out of nowhere. And you do things that people couldn't do, and they have no idea what to do with you. <laughs> They're like, we don't know. They don't know how to take you. Because you, they said, and it's yeah. true. I, I guess it's a compliment. But I didn't mean to step on anyone's toes, obviously. No, you're, that's not. That's, I I, you're, you're, you have a story, and you want to get it out, right? Yeah. You're, you're a creator. You want to create something. And you're driven. And that's what's missing in indie comics today is, again... If if you if you love what you're doing and you're you have a drive, then do it. Don't put out issue one and then go. Oh, two years later, I think I'm almost done issue two. Like, I I have seen that. I had seen people wait over a year for. I I panic. I have, I don't I'm not you know I'm not the new uh, generation but I do have this anxiety that once my card is done, I have to do that. And I don't know how they sit there for months. And then they say the opposite back to me. They're like, how do you go from because it's so stressful. And I was like, I'm, a, I'm lazy, so if I can do it, anyone can do it. But I just, they stressed me out the entire time because I'll have cancellations. And I'm glad you told me that you backed that because I'll, I, when I saw how much it was for, I was like, oh, they're going to lower it, decrease it, or whatever. And then while I was watching it, somebody else decreased like 80 bucks. And that happens like every other day. That, oh, yeah. I see. Oh, I wake up and they do it usually when I'm sleeping. This is a one. That I wasn't sleeping, but every morning I wake up and somebody decreased or canceled. Um, no, so I, I want my metal cover, man. Like, I, that's one of the that's going to be one of the coolest covers I've gotten on anything I've I, backed. Yeah, I know a lot of people I know that have complained about that on Kickstarter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Did we, yeah, it sucks, and but it's not as bad. It's not as bad as non-payments because even when that bell chimes at the end, I have no idea if I'm getting paid. And yeah. so my one of my friends, fellow creators, they lost eight hundred on one. My second one lost five hundred, four hundred, on one person, and then my third one lost three hundred on one person. So and I, this I don't have is like what they just don't pay, or yeah, like the credit card doesn't go through, and then they don't 
write you back and fix it or whatever. Oh, so geez. yeah, I, one of them was a scam and I knew it was a scam, but it still hurt. And they bought a one of a kind. So like I was hoping that it wasn't a scam, but I knew it was. And then it didn't work out. So that, that kind of sucked. But yeah, it happens. It's just like I I like I get to my friend. And I'm just like, I'm so upset. This is the worst campaign ever. It's so stressful. She's like, this is your highest jet. I was like, and it's most stressful yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's tough when it's there. But it, I've never seen it this high. So I'm very excited for it. I don't know what happened. I think it's the hardcover. But like the new year started. It just jumped. I funded it in two hours. And then I double funded in 12 hours. And I triple funded in five days. And then I was like, I should have just ended it now before everyone backed out. But now it's in the 4,000s. I've never done that before. And unfortunately, even though I did not agree to this, my friend Lori, who does Path of the Pale Rider, said, if I get into the 4,000s, I have to cluck like a chicken on her show. And I said, I'm not agreeing to that. And she goes, what are you, chicken? I was like, I'm not chicken. That's why I don't want to cluck like a chicken. <laughs> but she's telling everybody that I'm going to cluck like a chicken because I'm over 4,000. So I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. But if it reaches 5,000, I'll freaking put a whole chicken costume on. So whatever. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this is the highest. So it was nice. It was nice to see this. And I'm hoping my dream backer count right now is 150. I don't know if I can get 26 in the next three days, but that would be my dream count for now. All right. So I was going to say, so this is ending in three days. So if you haven't backed it yet, the link is in the description. I also just put it in the comments. Well, so you. yeah. So yeah, go. go and search worthy chaos if you want finding yep. it. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to to bring this in for a landing. Well, you thought it was going to be short. Did you forget who you were talking to? <laughs> uh, well, I literally ask every show. It's not the dyslexia because there is a part of dyslexia that you have to know how long something's going to take, even though you don't care how long uh-huh. it's going to take. Pissed off my mother my entire childhood. How long is this going to take? What's the difference? I just want to know how long is this going to take. <laughs> so I ask that of every podcast but the real reason is i that way i know when to rein in my rambling so that's Ah. you give me two hours i give you two hours there you go (laughs) so we usually end with you either give a recommendation or what did you learn on the podcast this week as in like a fellow um any anything you want to recommend it could be um so i'm going to recommend my friend Lori cacatella's path of the pale rider it's a cowboy zombie story so there's nothing that can go wrong there it is now in pre-launch for the trade paperback issues one through four so sign up for that so you can just go to kickstarter and look up path of the pale rider i will tell you there's a cameo in the zoo she has a zombie bear and with her permission, I added the zombie bear killing the polar bears and going after Anubis in issue, I don't know, 14. You go save up hers and then you can see a, a cameo. I love cameos and crossovers. <laughs> hmm. so, but yeah. And we had a crossover once where we have the, it was a print. We really just wanted to see Draven jealous because we love that. But this is her bear, her zombie bear, and yeah. Anubis is over here trying to protect Serafina, even though the whole series she's attacking her. But So yeah. Oh, uh, her character is touching Serafina's hand, so that's why Draven's like about to kill him. So, ah, um, cool. Yeah. We'll do a crossover eventually um, because the angelic weapon can open portals. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're going to do, or I'm going to do uh, a mini series like Kingdom Hearts where they jump into every uh, oh, other issue. And right. uh, we have three or four indie creators that want us to jump into there, so we're going to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love crossovers. Except for the second Midnight Suns. That can go to hell. (laughs) 
I went broke. That's why I stopped reading in the 90s. Midnight Suns 1 was okay. Midnight Suns 2 was like 40 crossovers. I was like, I'm like a teenager. I don't have money for that. (laughs) That was it. All right, John. Again, like I said, I've gotten up I've gotten up into the 1080s of uh, One Piece, and it is really one of the best stories, one of the greatest stories that's ever been told. I know it sounds insurmountable, but the characters like have such fleshed out backstories, and there's so much history, and there's still mysteries that that haven't been solved about like this 100 years, 800 years ago that. They, they call it the missing hundred years that they haven't figured out what happened then that has resulted in the world being the way it is. It's just, I am constantly <laughs> amazed at how well this author Oda wrote this. Frosty so I, what's that? Frosty doesn't believe you. Yeah. He doesn't uh, have to. I'd say, Hey, it, it'd be quicker than reading the manga. If you watch the show, and there, there are there are lists easy to list easy to find lists on Google of what filler to skip, what episodes are filler. Yeah. You can skip them. Oh, there's always filler. Like Inuyasha has a filler every once in a while. Oh, yes. I say give it a go. And again, this is going to sound weird, but at after episode thirty-seven, you will not be able to put the series down. <laughs> so just All get right. through with the first thirty-seven. And you, well, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like thirty-seven, and well, then... that's when it really gets going. But the thing yeah, is that the the other two series, there's a, the only two long series I know of besides One Piece is what is it, Blanche, Bleach, whatever. Well, Bleach and Naruto, and, and was it Dragon Ball? I don't like um, Dragon Ball. Sorry, that's gonna give me a lot of hate. It's not. It's not. I'm not gonna be totally honest. I know nothing about the story. It's not the story. I was just never a fan of the art, so I never got into it. So it's probably the best series of the world. Not. Obviously, not a good movie. Mm, but, like Toriyama's um, art style is. Yeah, I mean it's not bad art. It's just not my. St- I always like the darker, like the Inuyasha, Fushigi Yugi, all those, uh, all those. I'm more. It's not. Re- it wasn't really my thing. But I've heard it's an amazing. I didn't watch Sailor Moon either, and I was always told you should watch Sailor Moon. But I never watched Sailor Moon either. I watched card. Was it Card Captor Sakura? But anyway, oh, like Card Captor Sakura. Like, like what I'm trying to get back is like. Up to episode 36, you think you're in a regular anime, and then you hit episode 37, and it rips it, it, it reaches into your chest, rips out your heart, and stomps on it. And then you're like, I gotta watch the rest now. So, well, let me ask you the, the, the movie, was it good for you? The, the, live, the action? live action series on Netflix? Yeah. The yeah. eight episodes? Yeah, it was amazing. And like I've mentioned before, Oda, the original writer, was in charge of, he had last say on the actors, the writing, all that stuff. And look, it's the high, it's considered the best um, anime adaption ever. Huh. I, would I wonder how that works. My, I would never license my story out. I would either have to, I'd have to be completely in charge of everything. There's no way. Well, Oda did it. So you could probably do it too. You just, you know. I, I don't have a thousand episodes. We'll see. Mm. <laughs> I don't have a thousand issues though by the time I'm done. But yeah. Try it, Frosty. Try it. Trust me, episode 37, man. I'm telling you. Okay. Yeah, that's um, fine. All right, so I learned, I knew this already, but I, I, I realized that this week is that vampires don't have blood in them. <laughs> so they can't get erections. Twilight that's going to mess with yeah. a lot of my headcanon. Okay, never mind. So much for your sexy vampires, you chicks out there. All right. I also no, no, that's perfectly If fine. you've made it this far in the show, and uh, or if you're watching this after the fact, and you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for notifications so you don't miss us when we go live uh, every Sunday night here on YouTube. And 
Also, I'm going to recommend that you go check out the Redemption on Kickstarter. Sorry. Again, <laughs> links in the description uh, and in the comics. Yeah, I got four more days as of today, Sunday. It ends um, Thursday. January. It ends Thursday. And Thursday. We'll say Thursday by 8 p.m. I think it's like 9, but yeah. give you a buffer. By it's so, going yeah. heard... to take you 30 minutes to get through the damn tiers. So... I didn't even I didn't even go li- I didn't go live I don't live launch anymore because it, it it's panic stricken to not have anything happen for the first thirty minutes as they read through your freaking tears and then all these came through so I went live two hours after and I'd already funded it so I was like yeah this is way better <laughs> yeah I also recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week links to all our social media at the top of the page comic reviews by our good friend Chris and Don and so much more. And yeah, and that's it. And uh, next week, don't know what's going to happen. There's a really good chance we'll have another guest who wants to kill us all on a comic book. He's I'm going to be next week. John, so I guess anything's yeah. possible. Awesome. <laughs> so on that note, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let you keep it caught in the door. Have a good week.